Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Listening. Damn. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Damn Podcast. I am your host, Angie Machado. Joined with me, as always, is Beaver Blitz beat writer, reporter extraordinaire, Jake Hedberg. Jake, it's been a busy couple weeks. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Angie. Awesome. I am good. We we made it through two signing days, a coaching change, uh, a bowl game, a whole new coaching staff. It's it's been a little crazy, but we have a great show. Um lined up today really two big things we want to talk about that 2024 class that was finally solidified yesterday on signing day we actually jake and i spoke to coach bray here on the on the podcast as a kind of a one-off yesterday so if you haven't seen that make sure you check out our youtube channel because the entire interview is there um so we want to talk about that kind of what we think about this class maybe some people to watch as we head into spring camp and fall camp and then all focus really turns to baseball. The, the Beaver baseball team kicks off the season next week in surprise. And uh, this is a top 10 team, a unanimous top 10 team and pick to win the Pac-12. So Jake has a great rundown for us there. But I think before we get into anything, Jake, let's jump right in to football and, and the new, new players. Because I think this is an entire, well, I would say it's about a, a quarter of a new roster that uh, Beaver fans are going to need to learn um, some new faces. So already on campus, two, two true freshmen in Jordan Anderson, wide receiver, Exodus Ayers, uh, cornerback. Then we have this whole slew of transfers, 16 additional, plus a couple walk-ons. Um, I'm going to keep it just to those transfers that are on scholarship, nothing against the other guys, but we need to just focus right now um, because there are so many, 18 new faces on campus working out. Um, Trent Bray said yesterday they've been assimilating really well uh, with the current team and been working really hard. Let's just go down the list, Jake. Give me out of this list, um, I mean, we don't need to go through every single player, but give me a guy or two that from from the guys that are in right now that you are so excited to see come spring camp. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we have to start off with the quarterbacks. Giovanni McCoy and Jabari Johnson 
Uh, Jabbar Johnson's a former four-star recruit committed to Missouri out of high school, redshirted there this past season and is now on campus. And then Giovanni McCoy is a two-year starter for the Idaho Vandals. Uh, proven player experience, has won a ton of games. And those two with, with Ben Goldbranson figure to be battling it out for the starting job. Um, really excited for spring ball in a month to, you know, see both these guys throw live uh, in person. Still haven't gotten the chance to see them throw uh, live yet. Really excited for that. And then two other guys, Darius Clemens, a transfer from Michigan, another former four-star, um, big body, 6'3", 215-pound receiver who will go up and get the ball, um, which is something Oregon State has really sorely lacked ever since uh, Isaiah Hodgins left. And Trent Bray said yesterday that Oregon State is looking to build around these bigger receivers. You know, no no knack on Anthony Gould or Silas Bolden or Treshawn Harrison or Tajon Lindsey, but, you know, they weren't necessarily jump ball guys. They're All, all of them were like six, foot or sh- six feet tall or shorter. Now Oregon State's bigger at the at the receiver spot, and they still have those smaller guys too. You know, with Zach Card, Taz Reddix, um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, Kobe Singleton uh, is a guy I'm really excited to see. Has ten career interceptions, uh, seven of them were at Liberty, three at Southern Utah. He's a guy who's most likely going to come in and start day one at corner opposite Jaden Robinson, and he's a guy who's going to play in the NFL. Really talented corner. Um, really excited to watch those four players in spring camp here. Yeah, spring camp's going to be interesting because it's going to be different. You know, Coach Bray did tell us yesterday he plans to go more live. Um, yeah. but I wanted that question because um, with the new staff, you don't know. Most of the staffs in the past have used spring as a time to really work on fundamentals. And and Trent says it's more fun to go live and, and then stop it, correct what needs to be fixed, because they'll start getting that muscle memory from actually actually taking live snaps. So I think that'll make it more fun. Yeah. Um what about D-line? I know that's something that Beaver fans are always looking um, to improve. What do you think of like a, a D-lineman, Taiji Hill from LSU, Nick Norris from Northern Colorado? There's some guys there um, that yeah. might make an impact. Yeah, I mean, the defensive line spots is really wide open. Um, Oregon State, they lose their top four linemen with uh, Joe Golden, James Rawls, Sione Lohea, and Isaac Hodgins as well. And the guys they have who are returning, there's not a whole lot of experience. They have Samisis Haluni, Quincy Wright, a guy I really like in Takari Hickel. And I was going to say Takari Hickel. Guy. <laughs> I love Takari Hickel. Uh, a, a breakout player to watch in 2024. And then two talented Richard freshmen in Thomas Collins and Kelsey Howard. But they need depth and guys to come in and compete with them. And that's exactly what Trent Bray and Keith Hayward did, you know. Taiji Hill, former four-star, played at one of the best college programs in the country. He's a big body. He's going to come in and, and compete immediately. Nick Norris, kind of a tweener, not sure if he's if they're going to bulk him up and play him inside or slim him down and play, you know, the Chatfield, John McCartan type role. And then Tavita Poeme is another guy I'm really yeah. excited about. Um, Oregon State was high on him coming out of high school, went to Oregon, redshirted, and now he's – uh, he came up by five, half an hour, and now he's at Oregon State. So really excited to see that group. I think I think out of all the groups, uh, it'll probably have the most competition because there's really not a standout experience option. And there could be guys that we haven't even mentioned yet get playing time there. Like, 
you know, a Jojo Johnson or a Jacob Schuster. So excited to see them. And yeah, there's a lot, a lot of new faces that that we haven't seen. Do you think Nick Norris, do you, do you see him? I mean, another Northern Colorado guy, but do you see him maybe being a Joel Golden type position? I see him. I personally, I mean, I'm not uh Trent Bray, obviously I'm not Keith Hayward. I'm not, I'm not a coach, <laughs> but I see him personally as, you know, playing the same role as Takari Hickel does. Okay. Uh, kind of the rush end that Chatfield, uh, Sione, John McCartan played over the past couple seasons and, you know, he, he does kind of have the frame for that. He's 6'5", 265. Um, I think he's going to either put on weight or drop weight. Uh, and once the coaching staff figures out what they want to do with him, I think he will be an impact player. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because what I noticed when when I go through this whole list of transfers is just the size, whether yeah. it's it's length, it's size, uh, especially O-line, D-line. Um, well, we, let's just go through them. We've talked about some wide receiver. We've talked about quarterbacks. Running backs picked up Anthony Hankerson and Jam Griffin, another familiar name. Obviously, Jam, I I think we see him obviously fitting back in in a spot. Where do you see Anthony Hankerson? uh, Yeah. You know, I see Hankerson as more of a third down back as a pass catching back, kind of taking over the Trey Lowe type role um, from 2020, from 2021. You know, he showed a pass catching ability at Colorado that the Oregon state backs haven't really shown yet. Um, it's something that they need to improve on, but, and he's also a smaller guy too. I mean, if you look at jam, he's five, nine, but he's like two fifteen. Yeah. And then Isaiah and Dame are both six, one, 235 pounds. Hankerson's only five, nine, a buck 90. So okay. he does fit the Trello scat back type, uh, mold that Oregon state used in 2021. And I wouldn't be shocked to see that role for Hankerson here in 2024. Let's, let's talk some linebackers because Oregon State did, and we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna combine the linebackers and edge rushers together here. Um, so guys on campus right now, you have Aiden Sullivan came in from Butte College, um, DJ Westlock, an edge rusher from Missouri, and another edge I believe, Jairis Goodman. Oh yeah, Jairis Goodman. Yeah, you know, so DJ Westlock is gonna be an edge rusher, and that's a spot that's wide open as well. Um, John McCartan's gone. Chatfield's gone. Stover's undecided, but it doesn't appear like he's going to be back. And then um, Glenn Frankie is also now gone as well. But Oregon State does have guys like Nico Taylor and Oluomotoshu who have proven they can rush the pass at a smaller level. They both saw times at, uh, on special teams that this past season, and they're going to be in line for a bigger role in 2024. But we'll, DJ Westlock, the kid is very talented. I mean, coming out of high school, he had 50 scholarship offers from just about every blue blood school you could think of, you know, the Georgias, the Michigans, Tennessee, Texas, all those programs. And he went to Missouri, did, didn't really play a whole ton his first two years. And I think he has a chance to really break out at Oregon State. He's one of the guys I'm most excited to watch in 2024. And then the inside backers, Aiden Sullivan and Jairus Goodman, I love their film. Um they're both guys that really fit Trent Bray's scheme, their system. And, you know, talking to players, it's not a foregone conclusion that Isaiah Chisholm and Melvin Jordan are going to start. These two Juco guys are going to push them to start. Um, they're very talented, very strong, quick, agile. And I think both of them have very high chances to be day one um, competitors. 
Yeah, and I, I did have a chance to sit down with, with Coach Hayward yesterday for a quick phone interview before they headed up to Portland for the recruiting dinner. And, um, you know, one thing that he's, he talked about, too, is just attack. I mean, that was one they're going to continue that attacking defense that, that Coach Bray has kind of instilled. Um, DBs was a big one for this transfer class. You have Mason White out of TCU, um, and who actually Oregon State won it last year. He chose TCU, and now he's, he's back now at Oregon State. Um, we've already talked about Kobe Singleton, which you see as a day one starter. Yeah. Amari in York, which may, he was kind of an early pickup, but now I can almost see him kind of being buried a little bit by what, A, what's already on the roster and and some of the other guys they picked up. And um, am I missing anybody? Oh, Jaheim P- Patterson from Kilgore, yes. Texas. And then Saiv Hadrali. Yes, Saiv Hadrali. I'm probably totally butchering that. We believe <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but. I, th- I, th- I think it's a very deep defensive hat class. Um, Singleton and White and Hydralia, I believe they're all U.S. corners. Um, Singleton, I obviously see as a day one starter opposite Jaden Robinson. And I think both White and um, Hydralia, they'll they'll compete for the, the depth time with guys like Andre Jordan, um, Joe Swen. I could see Hydralia potentially playing nickel, competing yeah, with Yeah, I was going to say that Thomas. too. At that spot, um, you know, White and Hadrali don't have a lot of Division One game experience, so spring camp will be interesting to, to you know see them compete against guys at the Division One level. And then York and Patterson are both safeties, and Jaheim Patterson is really a very intriguing player to me. I mean, you don't see many six-five safeties. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, if you look at it, Oregon State. Their safeties are big. You know, Skylar Thomas, 6'2", 210. Tyrese Ivey, 6'3", 205. And then you got Jaheim, 6'4", 6'5", 210. Um, length is something that c- appears to be what Coach Perkins and Coach Hayward want in the back end, um, which is kind of new because Katana and Achille, they weren't very tall. But now Oregon State's got some big guys back there. Yeah, they. I mean, like I said, it's across the board. They're getting bigger, and that – um, is something that kind of stood out. And then the last guy I want to talk about that's on campus right now, um, there, there is another uh, O-lineman coming from Colorado in Gerard Christian Lichtenhan. I think that's right. But he is trying to graduate from Colorado this term and will be in after spring. Um, but Van Wells, yeah. center uh, from Colorado, transferred in. He was one of the very first transfers. Um, do you see him as a day one starter? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, you know, Van Wells, he's an experienced guy. He started 19, 20 games at Colorado as a center, and he's a fantastic pass blocker. Um, Colorado's offensive line did have struggles last year, but if you watch the game fame, the game fame, the game film and the PFF numbers, Van Wells was the best pass blocker on that team, and it wasn't even close. Uh, I think Wells' pass blocking grade might have been higher than Jake Levengood's. He's a, um, a stout guy, 6'2", 290. He's a little bit smaller than Jake was. Um, but another thing, he is experiencing Kyle Devan's system, which no other lineman that will be there in spring camp has. So I feel like that's something that can't be overlooked. Especially um, at center. Yeah, and there's talent in, in the rest of that offensive line room too, like going beyond the starters. You know, Dylan Lopez and Vincic, they're both guys that can snap as well. Mm-hmm. Um I think Wells is probably going to be the starter, but don't count out Lopez or Vincic either. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there are some young guys that 
that, you know, we have Grant as well. Yeah. Grant. Yeah. Grant Stark. And then you have, you know, I mean, just looking across the board, great news that um, Josh Joshua Grave coming back. That's, that's huge. Um, but then you, you know, you look at some of the Tyler Moreno. Um, God, there's a whole Jacob, Jacob Strand. Strand. Yeah. There's some guys there that I think um, it's Jacob wide Anderson. open. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of new names. Again, these guys have been with the program, but they're going to be new names to Beaver fans that maybe haven't been following things as closely as, as we have. So um, we're going to go over quickly the signees, um, just kind of run through them. So offensive line, Adam Hawks, uh, wide receiver, Malachi Durant. That was a big one who signed yesterday. Offensive lineman, Dylan Sikorsky, linebacker, Dexter Foster, two running backs in this class, prep running back, Salah Hadeen Ala out of Texas and Cornell Hatcher um, out of Southern California. Wide receiver Eddie Fruoff, Shamar Michael, or Mikeley, out of um, out of he's an edge rusher out of Florida. Will Haverland, an edge rusher out of Eugene. The quarterback, the prep quarterback, Kalen Gutridge, out of Wilsonville. And then the last signee was from yesterday, Jaden Tuya, an O lineman out of Idaho. So um, those are the signees who will be here for summer for for summer conditioning. So overall. Taking in this whole body of work, Jake, who are the guys that you are super excited to see come maybe this summer? Uh, all three of the receivers, re they really stand out. Um, Jordan Anderson and and Durant, they were both borderline four-star guys who I think could compete for playing time really and this then, year. And then Darius Clemens. Yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah, well, Clemens as well. Oh, and, then, uh, and Eddie. Yeah, um, free off six yeah. four two ten. Can't teach that size. Yeah, really raw player. I, I think if you give him a, a season or two of weight room and development, he really could turn into a special player. Excited about that. And then I'm another guy I'm really excited about is Exodus Ayers. He might not necessarily play this season just due to the depth in the cornerback room, but he is a talented kid. Uh, he had some SEC offers come in late in the process, stuck with Oregon State. Really excited to watch him play in spring camp here. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you, you talked about um, I mean, the two, two of the Oregon kids, Eddie Freoff and uh, Dexter. Dexter Foster. I, I just feel that both of those guys, they might not be immediate guy impact guys this, this season or next, but I, I, they are both so raw and so mm -hmm. athletic. I, I'm excited to see those guys. The running backs, too, are intriguing. Yeah. Really the under backs, the radar, Yeah, but um, well, a lot yeah. of talent there. I mean, a lot of productivity. If if you ask me in three years which group is the best, I think it may end up being this running back group. Obviously, with how stacked the Oregon State backroom is this year, they won't see any time. But Hatcher and Ala are both going to be studs. You know, they're both under recruited guys, but they both produced. I mean, didn't, didn't Hatcher, Hatcher have like fifty four touchdowns this year? Yeah, and he played the best vision. He had over two thousand yards. I believe it was 42 touchdowns playing in the CIF, which um, if if you don't really follow high school football, that's the same conference as uh, St. John Bosco, Matterday, all these big-name programs, um, and he just dominated. I think he had five scores against St. John Bosco, um, which is one of the best high school teams in the country. Really excited about him. Um, I think he could be a special one. He kind of – his film – Reminds me of Jamar Jefferson almost, um, just the way. Yeah, that's a good, good comparison. Um, not saying he will be <laughs> yeah. Jamar necessarily, but uh, really excited to see him in 2025, 2026, and see what he can do. 
Um, we had a comment here um, in the chat. Squeak E clean says I'm yeah. stuck for a receiver class this year. Yeah, I, I it's like I said, this offense is going to be different. And you know, and I, when I yeah. talked with Coach Gunderson a, a week ago, you know, this is it, it's caused this big discussion in the lodge that we are moving away. Oregon State's going to be moving away from that traditional mm-hmm. pro style set to more up tempo. Um, change of pace though. Uh, Gundy did make sure to say no, they're not going to go up tempo all the time. It's going to be yeah. slow things down, speed things up. They want to keep defenses on the heels, but. Um, no, I, I think those are, are some good choices. I, you know, somebody asked today about Jaden Tuia, one of the, the brand new O-linemen. Yes. He kind of emerged here in January. This is a guy, he is, he came into his Oregon State trip and measured 6'4", 285. So that's, you know, better than his profile. Um, and he had a 79-inch wingspan. So those are the kind of things that, you know, you can't necessarily, you can't teach, Um and, and he developed late. I mean, he was a total late bloomer, grew a couple inches there that last year. So um, that's going to be an interesting one too. So who may be the best overall addition or a few guys for immediate help this year? Uh, for immediate impact, I think Jordan Anderson and Malachi Durant, I think both those guys are going to push for immediate time. Um, Jordan Anderson's already got a head start. He's on campus now. Um, he's going through, you know, team training. And then Durant is a talented kid. He's, I, I think he might be the best signee at the moment, uh, okay. just in, in terms of just pure talent. Um, really excited to see him. Uh, just really excited to see him play in the spring or the fall. How about of the transfer guys? It, who do you think might be the most like biggest impact guy right now? I mean, taking away the quarterbacks because obviously it's going to be yeah. one of them. Um, Darius Clemens and Kobe Singleton and Westlock okay. are the three that come to mind. Okay. Yeah. Westlock's going to be an interesting one. I, I think that could, uh, that could pay a lot of dividends there. Yeah. Um, and Giovanni McCoy, I think, I, I don't know. That's who I have penciled in is kind of taking the reins. Um, yeah. That's my of... early favorite. Okay. So who may be the hidden gem out of this whole group of guys? Yeah. I got three guys and we've already talked about them. Dexter four, I guess. Okay. Dexter Foster, Eddie Freoff. Salah, Allah, and Cornell Hatcher. Um, if I had to choose one, I think Dexter Foster is a guy who could really pop, um, especially playing in Trent Bray's system. Um, really, he was handpicked by Trent too. Yeah, Trent saw him Trent's, at a camp and offered him on the spot. So yeah, um, that's a that's a big and vouch right there. If Trent's shown one thing during his time at Oregon State, it's been the ability to develop really good inside linebackers, and I think Dexter Foster could be next in line. This one's not on the on the list, but tell, talk to me a little bit about the F, the recruiting efforts of this new staff. What are your thoughts on, on yeah. what they did? I think they're being very aggressive. I also think they're they're looking a little more in state, which hasn't necessarily been something that Jonathan Smith that Jonathan Smith did. Um, you know, we have th- three signees from the state of Oregon on scholarship, which is more than I can remember being in a, a season. Um, but just the aggressiveness. And I think that's, that is what you get, you know, hiring someone like Thomas Ford and AJ Cooper, like younger aggressive guys that relate to players and can go and get them. Um, I think, I mean, if you look at Ford got Hatcher and all in, I think he was, it was like a week or two and Cooper's already for class 2025. He's already paying off with uh, Jeremiah. Iowana. it's, it's, it's really promising to see the aggressiveness because I feel like that's been something that the previous coaching staff lacked. Yeah, and and we we have some, you know, there, there could be some surprises here 
um, in the next, you know, several weeks. This, the staff is, is really, they are, they're relating to guys. Um, and they, I feel that they do have something to sell in that, yes. you know, they've been, they've been here. Actually, most of them have actually coached at Oregon State or played Got here. It. So, yeah. um, we have a, a question here. JRU1 says, do you think if McCoy wins the job, we see Jabari get a series each game like Kyle's did? Um, I don't think so, to I be honest. Either. I think Trent's philosophy is and Gundy's is different than Jonathan's and Lindgren was. And there may have been something else at play with the Childs thing. It's kind of my yeah. Yeah. It's kind of my uh hindsight now is looking a little yeah. I mean, if you look at it, Mel Tucker got fired two days before the, the, the Utah game. That was the first Childs drive. I don't know, just just I don't know if it's just a coincidence. Yeah, on I <laughs> yeah I, they're, they're I love it. and i and i do think they were trying to get him some reps but also potentially you know keep him happy and you know yeah. okay anything else so okay i know we're gonna do this with beaver bliss but okay you had to pick a recruiter of the year who are you going with <sighs> honestly coach fence did a really good job i thought you know he got in there with Jordan. I, I mean, did not he, expect that one, even though I put you on the spot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it'd be easy to say Trent Bray just because of how he's done. But, you know, going going against the grain, I thought, you know, Coach Fence really locked down Jordan Anderson. He locked down Freoff. And then Durant was a combination of Fence and Thomas Ford towards the end. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if you look at – Coach Fence hasn't necessarily gotten the credit he's deserved recruiting-wise, but if you look at the last two classes that receive Oregon State signed between the three they brought in this year and then Zach Card, David Wells, Taz Reddicks, and Hatton, those guys, all seven of those guys could be contributors. Well, six of the seven could this next year. Um, and the players love Coach, Coach Fence as well. Every receiver I've talked to raves about him. So props to Coach Fence. I thought he did a great job. Okay. Look, I see. I thought you'd go like Ford or Cooper or like Bray. I mean, go with Bray. Yeah. But, um, okay. That Coach Fence. So hats off to Coach Fence, recruiter of the year in Jake's mind. Okay. We're going to take a quick break um, just for an ad side on the podcast side. And then we're going to come back, change gears, and start talking baseball because uh, this Beaver baseball team is uh, ready to make some noise. If you're not a member of Beaver Blitz, now is a great time to be with us as we start the baseball coverage. You will not want to miss JP's weekly walk-off, as well as we jump into spring football coverage um, that will take you through May, uh, March and April. Sign up at beaverblitz.com today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. 
You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, welcome back to the damn podcast. Jake and I now are switching gears from football, and it's time to talk some Beaver baseball. Coach Canham and the, the crew are unanimous top 10 ranking um, across the board in all of the publications. And they were picked to win the Pac-12 just yesterday, I do believe. So, Jake, you have put together a, a big preview. I know JP's working on preview is, or you put together an early look at the roster. JP's working on a, on a preview. Let's just start with some talk about the infield. We're gonna we're gonna go kind of group by group. I want to hear kind of your thoughts, players to watch, and then we're gonna talk some strengths, weaknesses, and thoughts on the season. So, infield. Who do you got as kind of your starting your starting group there? Yeah, so the catcher spot, uh, I think it'll be the same as last year. You'll predominantly see Tanner Smith, who has been showing an improved power. Uh, and then Wilson Weber will also platoon in just like last year, who is he's a guy who apparently has been lighting it up. You could see him in in the lineup on days where he's not catching. Um, and then at first base. Mason Guerra is a guy who was just uh, chosen to first team all first team preseason all Pac-12, big power bat, uh, played third base in left field and DH in in years past, but has played first base in high school. Uh, should be a middle of the order, big bat, second baseman, the heart and soul of of this team, and honestly, the guy who was a chance to be the number one draft pick, Travis Pizana, really a, a very special player. One of my all-time favorites to watch. He's a guy who's – I mean, he's going to contend to hit 410-plus home runs and swipe 40-plus bags. He could be uh, the Golden Spikes player of the year. At shortstop, Elijah Hainline, a transfer from Washington State, he hit 337 with 12 home runs last year for the Cougars, and I think he could be in for a big year. Um, and then third baseman, a guy I'm really excited to see is Trent Caraway, a true freshman from uh, Dana Point, California. He's a kid that has a big arm, big bat. Uh, everyone on the team raves about him. He could be a special one. He was 
for those of you who who kind of followed last year, he's a Gavin Turley type prospect. You know, he's a guy who came in, um, was a borderline day one, day two MLB draft pick, didn't get the money he wanted, so decided to come to college. And he will, should be a day one starter. Really excited to see what Trent Caraway brings brings to the table. Yeah, so a, a slightly different look. I mean, I, I think, like you said, though, the, the heart and soul of this this roster is Travis Bazana. Um, and yeah, that guy brings some swag with him too. Yeah. I mean, there there's some ultimate confidence going there. Yeah, but I mean, first round draft pick. I mean, you think he could, or a, a first number yeah. one pick? You think he could be in another Adley? Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, I've seen a bunch of drafts with uh and he's top five top ten uh and i think with how special of a season oregon state could potentially put together i think he could see his name rise from you know five to ten up to the top three outfield tell me about the outfielders yeah i mean this group is loaded and it'll be the same as last year um gavin turlian left michael mcdowell in center and brady casper in right uh all three of those guys had uh, ten or, or Casper and Turley had ten or more homers last year. McDowell had seven or eight, uh, but all three of these guys are going to bat over three hundred. Casper is a guy who players have really been raving about. Um, they're saying he could be in for a big year, and I mean, I mean this team is just loaded. Um, I Casper, McDowell, and Turley. I do not think you'll find a better outfield trio in the country, uh, at least on the West Coast. Very excited to see what they can do um, in surprise here pretty shortly. Yeah, so if, if there was any question marks about this team, it's going to be pitching. Yeah. Give me give me your – if you had to pick, you know, your Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters, who mm-hmm. do you have and do you have any concerns with this group? Yeah, so starting pitching is uh, – it's a little nerve-wracking as Oregon State really – you know, they don't have a Cooper Jerpy or a Luke Heimlich, at least – that they don't appear to. The Friday guy, however, it appears to be will be Aiden May, a transfer from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, he struck out nine Beavers at Goss last year, uh, and all the players have said he's been he has been giving them fits. And if if he's giving Oregon State's batters fits, I can't really imagine what he'll be doing to uh, not as good teams. Really excited to see him Saturday. Jacob Kamatz, I think is back in that role for the third straight season. Kamatz is kind of a guy that reminds me of Bryce Hamill um, for fans that remember him. Uh, just a very consistent pitcher. He's not a big strikeout guy. He just gets outs. He's very consistent. And then Sunday, Jaron Hunter, if he's healthy, uh, it sounds like he is. He's a guy who, who I thought at times was Oregon State's best pitcher last year until he uh, uh, messed up his arm. Really excited to see a fully healthy Jaron Hunter in 2024. And I think there's a handful of guys that can compete with them. Um, Nelson Keljo is a lefty from Jesuit, a sophomore, pushes 96. Aiden Jimenez had a great summer on the Cape Cod. I think he can he could step in and fill a role. And then a true freshman, Eric Higuera. Uh, Coach Dorman's been raving about him. Excited to see what's, what, what he can potentially do. So offensively, how does this team stack up? I think this has a chance to be the best offense Oregon State's ever seen. Um, quite frankly, I, I think. I mean, you mentioned a bunch of big bats there when you were talking nine. about this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this offense is loaded. If you look at the weak spots from last year's team, it was uh, 
shortstop. And now they have Elijah Hainline, who's a proven 337 hitter with 10 plus home runs. Darnetti transferred to Michigan, right? Yes, he's right, at okay. Michigan, who Oregon State plays in three weeks. Um, and then the catching spot at times was kind of weaker last year, but Tanner Smith and Weber have both been raking in camp. Um, I think you'll see both of them in the lineup uh, at times as catcher and DH. Really excited about them. Uh, and then the DH spot last year was questionable at times. But Oregon State's got a handful of guys. Uh, Smith and Weber, um, Tice Peterson hit 303 as a freshman last year. A guy I'm really excited about is Jacob Craig. He's huge, 6'5", 240. He's a guy who I think um, once he gets into a starting role, I think he'll be a 10-plus home run guy. Uh, Dallas Macias as well. This offense is just loaded. Um, I, don't be shocked at all if Oregon State as a team hits over 100 home runs in 2024 100 home runs okay should we put this down as as, as that's a uh, prediction okay that's a bold prediction so straight i think i think they reach it easily too to be 100 honest. home runs okay i'm gonna write this down i'm gonna write this down and we're gonna hold we're gonna have jake's home run countdown here like. <laughs> um so okay i'm not hearing many weaknesses right now what if you had a weakness what would the weakness be on this team i or think the unknown? It, i think the unknown is starting pitching just because um you know, it wasn't necessarily great last year. And Aiden May is kind of an unknown uh, just because we haven't seen him throw at Goss consistently. And Kamats and Hunter, they both had issues with their arms last year. They both appear to be fully healthy. But, you know, with 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 pitchers, it's always a, it's always a dangerous game. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about our starting pitching. I do think the bullpen, however, is going to be fantastic. Really excited about that yeah. with – uh, a couple transfers, Kyle Scott, Bridger Holmes, and then guys that come back with Keljo, Jimenez, uh, AJ Hutcherson, Tyler Mejia, and then a couple freshmen and Drew Talibs and Dave Palmer as well. Really excited about what that bullpen brings to the table. So, I mean, obviously fielding is going to – defense is going to be a strength. Uh, offense is going to be a strength. What If you had to pick one thing that this team is going to be built around – What's it going to be? I think I think this team is going to ride or die by their starting pitching. I think I think this team is going to breeze through Pac-12 play just just with the sheer talent of their uh, of their offense. But it's going to be once you get to the Super Regionals or if you get to Omaha, how's the pitching going to hold up against the Arkansas, the LSU's, the Floridas, the the Wake Forests? And that's why I, I'm really excited to watch this tournament in Texas. Um, you know, the second week of the season, Oregon State's playing Texas Tech. They're playing Arkansas, mm-hmm. Michigan, Oklahoma State. I mean, three of those are top 25 teams. Um, so it's it's going to be an early test, and I think it'll show what May, Kamats, Hunter, and whoever else that fourth uh, starter is. I think it'll show what they're what they're made of and what what they'll need to improve on throughout conference play to get ready for what could be a magical postseason run. Okay. You got me excited. Um, Beavs kick off the season next Friday, a week from Friday uh, or a week from tomorrow. So the, what is it? The 16th? Yep. Friday the 16th. February 16th. Down in surprise, um, surprise Arizona. At Um, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. They have games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm -hmm. I believe they're all at 11. Maybe there's a nine. Uh, I think one of them's at 12, I believe. Okay. Um, Beaver Blitz. Jake has school, unfortunately. 
I don't have class on Friday or Monday. Oh. <laughs> so I will be he, providing coverage. He will be providing coverage. And um, I I'm get also your baseball. So <laughs> yes. So Jake has he's already asked me, can I get flow sports? Actually, he didn't ask me. He said, I already got flow sports <laughs> to cover. And I'm like, don't worry, I got you covered. Um, I'm also going to see my son who goes to Grand Canyon actually told me he could zip over to Surprise and maybe get a post-game interview for us on Saturday or Sunday. So um I might put him to work as well just to see what the what the guys are saying. Um it should be a fun season, but a hundred home runs, Jake. We are going to, we're going to have Jake's home run. You know, like I'm going to put a little, you know, like the K's we're going to have Jake's <laughs> home run. Um, we have some questions. We don't have a ton of mailbag questions here, but a few. So um, we're going to transition to some mailbag and then, um, then I'll get you out of here because um, I know it's a lunchtime pod. Um, class little, later. I know class, Jake has class later. I'm actually flying to Arizona to see, said son down it in phoenix and um take check out that waste management phoenix open i've never been so we're gonna go check that out tomorrow um my other poor son gets to stay home and go to school which yeah. is super fun for him um okay so matt chiafoni says it's december 2025 what is your best guess as to what conference alignment looks like for osu mm. That's a tough question just because there's so many unknowns. I know, there's so many unknowns. Um, I, I'm i still holding out that Oregon State and Washington State will get picked up by the Big 12. Um, another factor is just because I don't think the whole the alignment's done. I think the ACC is kind of on their last legs. I think it's a matter of time before you see FSU and Clemson down in, uh, in either the SEC or up in the Big 10. Same with like Carolina, Louisville. Um, you know, Miami, those bigger programs in the ACC. Because, um, I mean, the way it appears to be heading based off recent uh, occurrence is the SEC and the Big Ten are going to kind of separate. Um, and then from there, I think you'll see the Big 12, the ACC, and the Pac-2 kind of scramble. And I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of end up with a super conference between the Big 12, the ACC, the, the Big 12, the remaining ACC schools, and the Pac-2. Um, that's kind of my hope, but there's just so many unknowns. That's a very difficult question to answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then there's also the talk of maybe creating kind of a, a three-prong, somehow keeping the Pac-12 name, realigning some teams over there, mm -hmm. Big 12, ACC. So you have a three, you know, three a auto second. bids yeah. versus the two. I don't know. There's a lot going on. And mm -hmm. I think, I mean, obviously it's moving toward the SEC and Big Ten wanting to split away. So yeah, um, I would just love it for somehow – college football to come back for the rest of the world who um, yeah. is not the I mean, Big Ten. And in, my opinion, in my opinion, it's just a damn shame. I mean, if you look at the run TCU had last year, you're not going to have that anymore. If you look at, you know, just all these these great players like Robert Griffin III on Baylor, you aren't going to get a chance to see him play at a higher stage. You're like, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. just very, very disappointing to see the game that so many people love um, – be affected in such a negative way. Well, I think, and, I think though, I think it will happen though. I, I, I just see the, the big 10 sec trying to be this NFL. Um, it's, minor it's like league. Minor league. Yeah. So much. let them do their thing, but then, you know, let the rest of college football be college football. Yeah. And, and um, in my opinion, th this all started with the transfer portal and unregulated NIL and it just gotten worse. And the way the NCAA has handled this, which is, 
kind of typical. But yeah, yeah. Not gonna get into that. Of- <laughs> but we can take away Reggie Bush's Heisman. Don't get yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, you can take away the Heisman, but it's fine for teams to tamper with players. It's fine for players to get paid millions of dollars. Yeah, and just yeah. It, it's interesting. So I haven't written up the Keith Hayward interview, but one of the things I talked we we talked about was, was recruiting an NIL. Um, and transfer portal and kind of the whole recruiting element. And, you know, I asked him, I said, do you see that the parity is going away that the, the parity that 85 scholarships was supposed to bring. Now you have programs that are just paying walk-ons. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, no, I'm, and, and that's happening. I oh, mean, it's happening. It happened with Atticus Dappington. I mean, Oregon's yeah. paying the kickers, but, but you know what, he brought up a good point. You know, he said at Oregon's the end of the day though, these kids, if they're not playing, you know, it's no development. They, yeah. So they're, they're not getting development. They're not getting filmed. They're never going to go on to the next level. So yeah. at some Which level, that's where the transfer beneficial. portal. Yeah, yes. it's going to, I mean, if you look at the caliber of players Oregon State's brought in in this class with, with how many former, uh, you know, Taiji Hill, Westlock, Clemens, all these former talented, these former four-star and very talented kids, it, it, it will be beneficial in yeah. a way. It's, it's, but it also come back and bite Oregon State in the butt because you've yeah. got the guys, you know, Jack Velling or and Silas, Achille. You, but, these guys so that's that another thing I ask. I asked both Brian Gunderson and Keith Hayward that about, okay, so do you find yourself, do you, do you think you're going to be more of a portal, you know, portal heavy recruiting mm-hmm. guys that maybe are sitting and they, or do you think you'll still go for the development route? And he said, well, I think they, they both said that the portal has made it so there's so many under-recruited preps, guys yeah. getting totally left behind. I mean, so, if you look at, yeah. Like so the plan Pasco. then would be to bring those guys in, but also have such a great culture, be able to take yeah. care of them fairly with NIO and, and work to keep them, you know. Yeah. I, and, I, we wouldn't have seen the exodus we saw at Oregon State this yeah. year, even with NIL, had the coaching change hadn't happened. Yeah. I mean, so, if you look at three of the players that left Oregon State left for Michigan State. Yeah. yeah. Childs, Velling, and Tanner Miller. And – they were trying to get more than that as well. I know for a fact there's players on a team, multiple, that Smith was trying to get. Yeah, yeah. So it, I mean, it's pretty interesting. I mean, that it's I, I feel it's broken, but um, yeah, it, I think the NCAA should have stepped in three or four years ago and regulated the transfer portal, and then two or three years ago regulated NIL and controlled it. Because I mean. I mean, even extending into basketball, there's, I mean, basketball's always been a mess, though. You have Oregon paying a freshman in college, a guy who's never even played. Granted, it, it's working out seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, unreal. I've heard of Oregon, I, and I don't know. I mean, this is coming second or third hand, but the two transfer quarterbacks they got, they have invested over four million on. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. Reese or Beef always brings some. Different questions. One, most exciting or memorable OSU sporting event you have attended besides the 98 Civil War? His was the 2017 baseball game in Omaha, sitting next to Dan Vandry and beating LSU 13 to 1. But let's hear yours. You weren't even alive for 98 Civil War. No, I wasn't even close. I wasn't even alive for the Fiesta Bowl either. Um, in terms of game I've, I've watched in person, yes, that for you me, attended. I kind of have a two way tie. I have the 2008 game against SC, where Jaquiz Rogers ran all over the Trojans. And then uh, the Civil War last year, or in 2022, um, 
my dad got me sideline passes for my 18th birthday, but because of COVID, it got pushed back to uh, it got pushed back to the 2022 game. And you know, just being on the so side, you were on the sideline for that one. Yeah, and like seeing like the energy, like the way like how dead the sideline was uh, when it was 31 to 10 or or whatever it was, and then yeah. just seeing that slowly pick back up was. Uh, it's it's something I will never forget, uh, and it being against Oregon too just made it so much sweeter. I I mean obviously '98 Civil War is my all time favorite memory as a Beaver. Um, I will say that so I'm going to go back though because I think it was '96 Stanford. Um, I think it was homecoming against Stanford and Oregon State won that game. '95 or '96. That was a really fun one to be at. The goalpost came down. It got paraded into the and you, the quad. Um, that was a super fun one, and I was a student for that one. Um, I think well, the Fiesta Bowl was actually super fun too. But that that Civil War was amazing. The, yeah. the comeback. Um, that's one that will go down, I think, as a, a memory. Um, okay, dream spot to retire. Mm. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later in your career. Yes. I, I just turned 49. That's that's been a little rough on me. 49 is is tough. Um, I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not ready to to leave Beaver Woods yet. Um, I don't know. I I've actually thought. I mean, thought about. I mean, I haven't thought about retirement, but I've thought about where I want to be eventually. Um, I don't know. Someplace sunny. I need to be someplace warm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I love Palm Springs. Too expensive, I think, for me to retire there. I, but you know, I say that, but I love the Pacific Northwest in the summer. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And my family's here, so I don't. I mean, but I need to be someplace sunny. So maybe I don't retire. Maybe this is my thing. I don't think I would never just retire and do nothing. I, I will have beaver blitz, so you guys will be seeing me when I'm like an old lady. <laughs> but I think I want to just maybe have a house here and then just travel like travel different spots, spend a month in Mexico, maybe a month in Hawaii, a month in Europe. I don't know. That would be ultimate goal. Um, favorite coach to interview since you've been covering Oregon State sports. Okay. You haven't covered long, but what's your yeah. favorite interview? Um, well, really out of the ones back. And probably Trent. I mean, okay. he's just pretty efficient. Like he just gets to the point. You know, he, I didn't know what to expect with him, like being head coach, but he's done great. Yeah. You know, having him on yesterday, he, he doesn't dilly dally or make a long run out. Yeah. Yeah. He he just says it. it. Trans very straight up and fast and efficient, gets to the point quickly. Um, I don't don't think I've been around long enough because, I mean, most of the coaches I've talked to are gone now. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Dennis Erickson, I was not interviewing then. So he was around when I worked at Oregon State as a fundraiser. I love that man. He is like just to talk to him. I had a couple chances over the the years to sit after a golf tournament with him and, and RD and a couple guys and have a beer and just hear the stories. The stories that he could come up with were the the best ever. So Dennis Erickson, hands down, probably is one of my most favorite Oregon State coaches that I've just got to hang out with. I also love Mike Riley. Um, yeah. And I think, I think I've appreciated him more since he left or since Oregon State's had some different coaches. I, I think back to when I took over Beaver Blitz and he was coach. And I guess I didn't, I took it for granted how open he was. I mean, practices were wide open. Um, we were allowed to walk between the two fields. Um, you know, he would always make a point to come over and say, hi, how are your kids? 
invite the kids to, you know, come to practice. I mean, just, I, I took that for granted because then when he was gone, I mean, nobody does that kind of thing. You know, Gary Anderson didn't do that. Jonathan Smith doesn't do that. Um, and now that I've, I saw Coach Riley this year when he was inducted in the Hall of Fame and to, to be able to see him, the, just the genuineness that he he is, he is who he is. Um, I just to, so appreciate that. Um, another one that I have never interviewed but was just a gem to be around um, was Paul Valenti. And he was in the athletic department when when I worked there. And again, stories um, and being able to spend some time with, with Coach Valenti and, and hear some of his stories. Um, as far as interview... I don't know. Who do I, I mean? Well, I've got one for you. Okay, you got one? Which new coach are you most looking forward to interviewing? Gosh, you know, I, I can't wait to, to talk to Thomas Ford because I've not met him. And Brandon Huffman just well. raved yeah. about him. Um, so I'm excited to talk to him. Oh, Mike, Michael Petrie was a good interview. Um, oh, I enjoyed yeah. talking with him. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited to hear him. And also Kyle DeVan. I, I haven't talked to him, you know, since he's – been a coach. So, um, I heard his interview with, with Mike Parker the other, and John Warren the other day, and that was, it was good. Um, I've never really spoken to John Boyer. I, I don't know if he sounds, he doesn't strike me as like an exciting interview. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I'm going to go Thomas Ford. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've had the, you know, great pleasure of being able to interview coach Hayward or coach Gunderson before and, and coach Bray. Like I said, Trent's fun though. Trent, I mean, not fun, but he, I, I, don't, I don't know if I say fun, but yeah, like I said, he's, he's a good interview. Cause I feel like we walk away like, okay, learn something. Oh, coach Cav was always a good one too. Never knew what coach Cav might say, but it was always good. Um, William 1974 said, have we adequately replaced both lines so that we do not drop off? I mean, defensive line too early to tell. We haven't seen any of these guys play, uh, in games yet and we've seen them limited in practice i will say if takari hickles uh camp pass rushing skills carry over to games then the pass rush could be really good um and then offensive line i think the offensive line is going to be sneakily good with um josh gray back at a guard spot is huge van wells at center grant stark at guard i think your interior is pretty solidified and then you know you got a handful of guys jacob strand uh, Tyler Morano and then Tank Christian looked in hand. All three of those guys can compete at the tackle spot. Um, I think it'll be good. Um, I don't, it'll be hard for it to live up to last year's simply because they don't have a, a top 10 draft pick on the offensive line, but I think it'll be a very good, a very solid offensive line. Oh, I have another coach that was fun to interview, Brent Brennan. He's a good one. Oh, really? Brennan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dallin Dye says, based on what you've heard, what college offense would you compare to what Gundy is trying to do? UCLA, San Jose State, Arizona, Oregon, Washington, Michigan. Any? I, I feel like it's going to be unique. I think it's going to be a mixture. Um, I think you'll see some – I think it'll be a mixture of the San Jose State and UCLA offense, more of the San Jose State, but with some of the, you know, um, Chip yeah. Kelly uh, – the Chip Kelly effect – um, sprinkled in there as well, which is something that I would welcome. Uh, I would definitely welcome that. Yeah, it, it's going to be some zone blocking. It's going to be some multiple sets. It's, it's going to be different, Beaver fans. But, um, you know, what, what Gundy said, what Coach Gunderson said is they want to score a lot of points. 
And so um, they want to be efficient and they want to score points. So I don't see as a fan how you can't be excited about that. Um, anything else, Jake, before uh, I let you go? No. Awesome. Okay, me. well, make sure you stick with Beaver Blitz. We've, Jake and I are breaking down the roster, not only the top 25 players from last season, but we're Jake's going to start looking at kind of introducing like kind of what these position groups are going to look like heading into to spring camp, which kicks off early March. And then, like I said, baseball, baseball starts up. So um, lots of discussion, lots of great things going on at Beaver Blitz. So make sure you uh, check it out. We'll be back probably, what do you say? Give give us through Texas so we have something to talk about baseball-wise. Yeah, probably um, two and a half, three weeks. Two and a half weeks. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk some of that and preview some spring camp because then yep. we'll be back weekly again for at least a couple of weeks through that first couple uh, spring camps. We should have lots to talk about. Um, until then, he's Jake Hedberg. I'm Angie Machado. Follow us on Twitter and follow us at Beaver Blitz. We'll be back next time for another episode of the Damn Podcast. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.